Aspiring Headliner with QSC. In this Headliner podcast, we're welcoming Glasgow alt-pop band Tios onto the show. So welcome guys. So let's start with an intro then, if you can. Could you each introduce yourselves, please? Yep, I'm Melissa. Uh, my name's Jordan. My name's Sean. Okay, welcome. And obviously you are forming the band as the three of you. So how are you all doing today? How's it been going? Been really good, yeah. Just got up. <laughs> nice. Are you all in Glasgow? Uh, yeah, we're, well, I, I'm sort of in Glasgow and now Jordan's in Glasgow too and Sean's more Cumbernauld, but yeah, um, in Glasgow a lot too, yeah. I see, I see. And how has this year been treating you all so far as a band and individually with everything that's been going on? How's it been for you? I think um, it's actually been, yeah, it's been pretty beneficial to us in a way. Uh We've just basically used all the time that we've had that we wouldn't have had before to just sweat practicing and getting as good as we can for live gigs coming back. Um, yeah, it's been good in a sense for us. That's good. That's good. You've been able to use the time because it's been so difficult. Would you normally be, um, you know, doing a lot of gigs locally or maybe across England? And if so, did you have anything cancelled because of what's been going on? Yeah, like we've uh, we only really started playing gigs uh, maybe six months before lockdown started, so we're still fairly like new. Um, we had a fair few gigs coming up. We did have one down in Liverpool that had to get cancelled. Um, yeah, it's just it's a shame. <laughs> like we just we're, we're just getting getting up there, and then everything went wrong. <laughs> I know, I've, I've spoken to a lot of people that this is exact same thing has happened to them. You just get a bit of momentum and then boom, the whole world grinds to a halt. So um, what was the last gig you all played? Uh, that was in, was it in March? Of, it was a Flying Duck, I'm sure. Yeah, Flying Duck, yeah, in Glasgow. All right, okay, when you look back now, one, do you think, oh, if only we'd known? <laughs> yeah, I think... Yeah, I, I don't know what we would have really done differently. I think we did as much as we could at the time, and we've used yeah, our we're time. Just trying to build, like, yeah, a little bit of a, like a portfolio in the scene. You know, you got to kind of just be there and be a part of it for a little bit before people start recognising you. And even then, we were starting to get just a little bit of that, and then it all closed down, and we had to figure out new ways to do it. Yeah. So what um what do you mean by figuring out new ways? Have you been doing any of those um like Instagram live videos or anything like that during the time when everyone was just kind of stuck at home? Um not not really. I think we like collectively we've never been very like confident with like a lot of things. Um so when it comes to like kind of social media posts and things like that. I think we tend to kind of hold back a little bit until we have something that we all feel is worth like sharing. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I think because as well, like collectively, because we all know a lot of musicians and we know people that will maybe post quite a lot, like show off their material quite a lot. And it does kind of work. It's just, I think maybe because we've kind of seen that the, re- the reception that that can get, it's kind of, 
I don't know, it's kind of nice to just like show something that we might feel would grab people's attentions as opposed to just like shoving like a picture of the band or like just something in their faces when it's, you know, we're not really sure what, what it is. Yeah, I need to It's kind of hard to do. Oh, sorry. No, no, go on, go on. That was kind of hard to do like um, live gigs, especially the Instagram stuff and some of the live shows that you've seen going on because the majority of them were just like single singers with guitars. I think Melissa did one or two maybe, but it was harder to get like a full band set up on one of those like live platforms. Yeah. Yeah, like I did, I did like, I think maybe one or two. Mm, wasn't there. Live streams, yeah. Um, okay. And yeah, yeah. That's cool. It makes sense that you're only posting once you've actually got something to say and you're confident in exactly what it is, not just posting for the sake of it and trying to do this and that online because everything. So that's good. Um, So maybe you could tell me a bit about your beginnings as a band. You know, how did you all meet, for example? Um, We basically all met through a Facebook post. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so like uh, me and Sean were initially part of another band for a couple of sessions where I, I was playing drums for that band and John was playing bass. Um, and we had one jam together and then I left and I was like, oh, he's pretty good at bass. Uh, and I ended up starting my own project and it was Jordan that I found online with some other guy initially who just ended up not being a fit. So I just messaged Sean and... Yeah, it is. It all worked out perfectly. Like, I'm just extremely lucky that it's worked out as well as it has. So I feel like with yeah. Facebook posts and stuff like that as well, when you're looking for other musicians, it's, I don't know, I feel like you're, you can get very unlucky for the most part. But this has worked perfectly for some reason. Okay, that's um, good. And what do you both remember about it, Sean and Jordan? Uh, Jordan, if you want to go first. Oh, yeah. Well, the first, I remember turning up to that first session where, again, it was a Facebook post. I was just moved down to Glasgow and I was kind of, I was trolling for a new band. None of my friends, well, all my friends were kind of involved with something. So I was trying to find something new. And you get a lot of people on Facebook, especially when you're trying to start something, a lot of people message you. Some of them are, well, better than others, not meaning that in a kind of weird way, but there are some weirdos out there. Um, but you always take a chance on them and you go see what it's like. And I remember the first session with Melissa, you, you, there, was, there was something there. You could tell there was potential for something. And I kind of stuck it about even after the, the first guy, the first basis kind of disappeared. Like it, it, the project could have absolutely have ended there. Could have not went any further after that. But once we got Sean in, it just, it felt, it clicked. Pieces came together. It felt nice, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Did you feel the same, Sean? Um, yeah, like I I was in a band for a few years before, um, and then I kind of left, and then I decided like I wasn't really wanting to kind of pursue music as much. I was studying sound production at the time, so I kind of wanted to just focus on mixing and recording music. Um, but I think when I met with Melissa and Jordan, I think initially, I think myself and Jordan were kind of on board as more of like kind of like session players because it was like Melissa's songs I just seen it as like a solo project for Melissa I would just kind of play what you know she'd have the song written already I would just play what she would kind of maybe ask me to or then it started kind of 
developing into maybe I would just play what I th- thought would maybe benefit the song and then just after a few weeks and stuff um, I think we all just collectively said like why don't we make this like a proper a proper band why don't we try it and yeah it's, it's just been it's just been that ever since <laughs> yeah you've gone from there so um, how did you all come up with the name for the band um it was pretty much just I was in my room just trying to think of a band name. I couldn't think of one. Um, for some reason in my head, good band names start with the letters R, S or T. And I was like, try to figure out something around that. So I just started putting letters together. And I, came, I, like, I, I wrote out Teos at some point. And then I was like, that sounds pretty cool. And I Googled it and there was a little bar at the side. When I Googled it, it said Divinity of Christ. I don't know what that means. That was quite funny. I was like, that sounds good. I'll keep that. Um, okay, nice. Um, Very meaningful then, even if it was an accident. <laughs> okay. And I know the band's um, style. So you blend new wave, dream pop, and a bit of grunge um, from listening to your music. Yeah, that's um, that's quite apparent, actually. So how did you arrive at your sound as a band? Did you talk about the kind of music that you all wanted to make? Or was it a natural evolution based on maybe uh, the individual members' music tastes? Yeah, I definitely um, think it was an individual music taste. Because, yeah, like, Jordan and Sean have their own little thing with the way that they play that I've just never seen, <laughs> but it's really good. <laughs> yeah, I think like we're I think we're very lucky that um like I think everybody that plays like an instrument, they have like their own sort of little style, they have their own little things that they do when they play. And usually I found when playing with other people you have to kind of modify that in a way to make it work. But for some reason with Teos we can all just play the kind of way that we want to play our instruments and it produces like good songs. So I think that's, that's really kind of contributed to the kind of sound that we've managed to get. It just feels quite, um, I think just the way that we're playing just honest and kind of, it doesn't feel like we're trying to sound like something. It's just, we just play and we end up with, you know, the song. It helps that we're kind of like open-minded as well. Because when it, like at the start, it was Melissa just had a, a load of tunes at the start. She still does. She's got this backlog of just songs, and we were like, okay, we'll learn the songs and go through it. And then, kind of gradually over time, we got all, all, all more open minded. And, you know, when somebody would say, like, oh, I want this section to be kind of heavier, or do we do like a little jazzier section there? We, we gave it a shot. We tried it. And I think that was the important thing. Not whether it worked out or not, but that everybody was willing to kind of give it a shot regardless of where it went you know I think that was the real important thing everybody was happy to try and take it in a different direction didn't matter where the direction was they were we were all just going with it you know mm, yeah absolutely and um so what tends to inspire your songwriting as a band where do you draw this inspiration from and do you all songwrite or is that just Melissa how does that work yeah I just um, yeah yeah <laughs> Like for like for this at least for this project, I write all the songs, um, just in my flat really. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of the inspiration that I get personally is just from the bands that are around me. Like a lot of my friends' bands, get so much inspiration from all of them. It's because they're just writing really good music, and I'm like, ah, oh, I want to do the exact same as that. Mm. We'll just sort of keep each other 
hyped up for music, which is nice. Yeah, that's nice to hear. You've got that sort of support uh, system there and you're supporting each other. Yeah. What about in terms of your songwriting? Do you draw from typically real life events or do you use a bit of artistic license, a little bit of both? My songs are very literal. <laughs> they're okay. they're very, very specific about certain things. And the people that know me and know my relationships and stuff that know exactly what the songs are about. Um like more recently there I've taken I think I've taken recently I've taken a bit more of a go at trying to write more fictional stuff just to see if I can do that but it's been really interesting doing that because it's it's fun and making a little story in my head and making a songs uh quite good okay no it's nice that you mix it up with both do you find one easier than the other as in you know using your own personal experiences or using a little bit of um, fantasy or something I think, it, I think it's a lot easier to do it when I'm experiencing something is there like it's very therapeutic uh I think I end up writing a song not really knowing what it's about and then a couple of weeks later I'll look back at it and be like, ah, oh, I realise now what this song's about and what it means. Um, but yeah, definitely a lot easier to write a song when I have a topic that I'm thinking about a lot. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. And I wonder, do you ever have someone that you know listens to one of your songs and says, hang on a minute, is that about, I don't know, me or that <laughs> or whatever? <laughs> yeah, I do think so. They're, they're very to the point. Uh I think that's something I, I really, I really like that about my songwriting is that they're just, it's just very specific to what's going on in my life. Yeah, very um, literal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, gotcha. And uh, I've seen as well, so obviously, and you've mentioned the band's been really busy recording and self-releasing a series of DIY recordings during the lockdown period. So what was that like doing it all yourself or have you always done it that way as a band? Um. Yeah, well, I've, I've, I also studied sound production in college, so I recorded, like, my first album pretty much in college, some at home. Um, so it's all been DIY for me for all the songs that I've released up until we've released O, um, which is a, a recent single. Um, so it was, it, was, it was good during lockdown for us, actually, because we had so much time to record stuff like that. We could... We had plenty of time to record singles and to try demoing out new songs. Uh, okay, yeah, it's cool. yeah. Is it just you doing the sort of um, recording and production side of it, then, Melissa, or do do the rest of the guys help out with that as well? Uh, for the recording and production, I mostly do it myself. Uh, one of my friends, Luke, sometimes helps out with recording too. Uh, but I, I think I have a very specific way that in my head and, and need the songs to sound like. Mm-hmm. And I think anytime other people get involved with the production aspect, I get a bit frustrated because obviously they don't know what's in my head and what I want. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And what kind of tech are you using? I'm guessing you've got a sort of home setup. Yeah, we have, I have a home setup. Um, and we're also about to just move into a new space we're going to build into like a recording studio pretty much um and me and my friend Luke are going to combine all our equipment so we have a studio there set up to record whenever we need it oh, nice. um 
So it's very exciting. What's some of the um, the kit that you've got in your little recording studio then that you're using? Um, I've got audio interfaces, uh, the Octo Pre to go with that. Um, I've got a nice, spe- a nice set of Adam speakers, uh, a nice preamp camera, what it's called, <laughs> uh, a bunch of different microphones too. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just I think more, I'm more focused on like the mix aspect of say, uh, the, the mix inside of recording. So that's, yeah. that's my main focus. I don't have too much equipment mm-hmm. for recording because of that because I, I do enjoy the mixing aspect a bit more yeah and you're keeping it simple so that that makes sense actually yeah. so um i saw as well so you came to the attention of independent record label kaleidoscope at the beginning of this year so how did that come about uh so with a single that we released last summer um i just sort of went to town on messaging loads of people to try and get their attention with it this message hundreds of like labels and bloggers across like the UK to see if anybody would pick it up or do anything with it um and the kaleidoscope ended up being one of the ones that we messaged and Andy who's the the main man who's done it all for us he uh got in touch with us and said that he really liked our stuff and that he'd be interested in working with us um yeah and we we had a chat over zoom and yeah, he's done so much for us since then. Oh, brilliant. That's good to hear. And um, you mentioned a new single, so your recent single, This Is O. So this is your first release via Kaleidoscope, which is um, slightly poppier maybe for the band and it details some you know, inner conflict, self-contradiction. So what um, very specific incident, I'm guessing, or situation <laughs> inspired this track? I think I was, I was speaking to someone at the time. Um who maybe wasn't there when they wanted to be and then not there when it was convenient for them. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, just a bit annoyed at that. And I wrote a wee tune about it. Okay. Well, yeah, that does sound annoying to be fair. So <laughs> <laughs> and um, I saw it was played on BP, uh, BBC Introducing recently. So congratulations. How did that feel? Thank you so much. Uh, pretty cool. Uh, I've been trying to get that for ages. <laughs> Nice one. Did you know beforehand it was going to be played? Uh, we got, yeah, we got an email from Andy, I think, saying that he'd managed to land the introducing spot, um, which is just really exciting. Um, yeah, it's been for like a, a, a year and a half, been trying to get on BBC Introduce and just never managed to land it. So it was just really exciting to finally get that spot. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. And, um, I've seen as well, just from reading the lyrics and listening to it, so the song, oh, this flips between you being kind of reasonable and understanding, then annoyed at the way you're acting, and you've said it feels a bit like the adult version of you trying to talk to your, the child version of yourself, or the adult's trying to say something important, the child's not listening. Um, so was this yeah. a quick or easy song to write once you had the initial idea for the song? Um, I think I started writing it, yeah. Sorry, I remember, like, also I was just gonna say, I remember in like the, stu- the, the actual, uh, like you would present us with like the lyrics and the kind of guitar part, and I remember kind of being in the practice space that day, and it it did kind of take us a little while to kind of figure out like the vibe of the song. Um, yeah, I remember like usually when we're 
whenever we kind of come up with a new song, Lost will always present us with like the ideas of the lyrics and the, the guitar parts. And myself and Jordan will chuck about some kind of bass drum pattern things. And I remember it just it took us a little while just to kind of try and figure out. Um, because it was kind of like a because the tone was quite serious, but at the same time, um, yeah, just trying to f- come up with something that would fit. Yeah. Um, and I remember like we finally got it all finalised, and then I remember like sending the the little kind of demo recording to Andy. Um, where that was quite funny because remember you just like to look your phone, and we're like, "That's it. Send it to Andy quickly before we forget." <laughs> so. I'm sure it was one of the ones we were going to leave, you know, because I'm sure we were kind of half and half on it as to whether we, like, continued, like, progressing forward and evolving the song or whether we just kind of, not ditch it and move on, but just kind of move on to newer stuff. I, I remember having that conversation at one point. I'm pretty sure it was when we, were, when we didn't have yeah. it. Yeah. We were kind of half yeah, and definitely. half as to whether we kept it in the set. Yeah, I think it was so different, yeah. Like, like you were saying before, it's, like, a lot popular than a lot of the stuff we have. Mm. I think, I think it, it felt a bit cheesy. Oh, really? I didn't <laughs> think that when I listened to it. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. I think, it, I think it's the bass line with that drum beat. It's just <laughs> quite stupid. <laughs> but it works. <laughs> yeah, it works. It works. Well, it's funny how things work out then, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Absolutely. And you've mentioned the, the demo there. So the release comes with the original acoustic demo as the B-side, if you will. Um, and yeah. so why did you decide to release this version as well then? Um, I think that was actually Andy's idea to do that. Um, he said he thought that it would actually be good for getting on playlists. Um, just because it's a different version of the song, you've got more chance of getting on maybe more folky playlists because it's... I don't people tend to like or people can like uh songs without like the drums and bass and stuff mm-hmm. which I was I, I was like I, I was a bit I wasn't I wasn't sure about it at first but I think that one's actually got quite a lot of attention on Spotify playlists um and uh, instead of like the original version which is interesting okay that is interesting and how has Spotify worked for you so far as a band um, because obviously it has its pros and cons, but it can, as you say, it's very good at getting people noticed because if you get on the right playlist, you can yeah. be exposed to a brand new audience suddenly overnight. So how's it been for you guys? Yeah, it's been, I think that the initial struggle was just trying to get on to some kind of more established playlists. I think that was like our goal for the majority yeah. of last year. Um, we did get on a couple, but it was kind of like smaller Um kind of smaller on scale but after the kind of release like the the amount of playlists that we've been added to and I think the amount of kind of like the the response that we've gotten like yeah just like overnight just I think we broke like a thousand streams after like a couple of days and that was just all thanks to like the playlists that the songs featured on um yeah it really shows because we've got some other songs on Spotify that aren't you know aren't aren't close to that um that's but that's just that's just because obviously we haven't been able to you know benefit from some of these kind of better playlists so um yeah, yeah we're just really tough that we're able to actually get on get on those playlists in the end Absolutely. yeah i think for, for yeah for the most part i think that we i think we only actually recently broke 
the thousand streams on Spotify, but it was a YouTube video that seems to like have got a lot more traction, um, which is really interesting because I feel like YouTube videos tend to do not as well as Spotify, but it's flipped in this case for some reason. Okay, that's interesting. And is that a music video or is it a live performance video? It's a music video we've done for that, yeah. Okay, nice. And what about uh, the rest of the year for the band, if you're allowed to say? You got any more music releases coming up? You working on anything? You're looking forward to gigs? Yeah, we're, we're, we've got a couple of gigs lined up and we've got a live session coming out very soon, which will be that's exciting. Good. And I think we're going to try and record a nice EP in the next month or so. Okay, interesting. I'm very much looking forward to, yeah. Okay, we've got lots in the pipeline then, lots to look forward to, so that's good to hear. Yeah. Okay, all right, brilliant then. I think that is a nice positive note to end on then, guys. So I just want to say thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you so much well, for having us. Oh, you're so welcome. So everyone should look on your, should they look out on your social media then to for any news about gigs um, and that kind of thing and new music? Yeah, if, if we end up posting anything, we'll post it there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if it's worthwhile, I understand. Yeah, all good. Okay, all right, thanks, guys, then. Thank you so much. Okay, all bye. Right. Cheers again. Bye. 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 Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.